if you always do what interests you, at least one person is pleased. <laughs> I love that quote from Catherine Hepburn. Life cannot be about pleasing others, but nor is it about being a hedonistic narcissist. But if I start from myself and look after my pleasure, my happiness and my peace first and foremost, there will be at least one person being pleased. Me. Moi. And when I am happy, others tend to be too. By taking responsibility for my own pleasure and emotions, I also set others free. And I think this is something that we really need to think about because other people don't need to make me happy. Other people don't need to make me orgasmic. Other people don't need to make me feel calm. I've got me. But it's easier said than done, especially for us women. We're so conditioned to put others first and taking even a minute to pee without kids and dogs following us to the toilet can be the most difficult thing ever. <laughs> Been there, done that. But also, men carry that traditional responsibility of needing to look after the family, financially especially. And I've had clients who've struggled, really struggled, uh, in finding their new identities after a divorce, of not being an, uh, anything except like a, like a money purse and a weekend dad. And in more progressive societies, there are even more challenges in balancing the act of self-love and self-care and showing up for others. So my name is Anne Blunt, your tantric sex and relationship coach and the host of this open and honest, explicit podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. So yes, as a tantric practitioner and a, go and a coach, I know that nothing ever stays the same. Tantra believes that there is constant change. Change is always there. Okay, maybe death can be a constant too. But let's talk about energy and change and life. Let's, let's be in that realm of the, of the cycle. So we change all the time at the very cellular level. Your body renews, literally renews every seven to 10 years on average, obviously, because, um, your body is in constant flux. The, the cells in the colon change every few days, but for muscle and fat cells, it can take up to 70 years to renew. But also the energy changes. And if we do agree here in this podcast that everything has energy in it, because this is a tantric podcast and tantra says that everything is energy, so let's go with it. So your body, your emotions and your thoughts have energy. They are energy. And I claim that is good news. Because whatever you're going through right now is not going to be forever. You have the power to choose how much energy you have, how you feel and react to any situation. You can turn emotions into energy as we've discussed before. And Tantra is that ancient 5,000 years old inner technology that gives you well-tested tools to self-care and the more I research the whole thing, you know, called life and, and human being, more I realize that Tantra actually is so aligned with the most modern neuroscience. So with Tantra, I claim that you can put yourself first and foremost, that is, you can show up in your relationships 
and in the world as a person who you truly, truly are. That energetic spirit, the soul that is the perfect whatever is going on in your life or whatever you have experienced. But also as a human, you know, if we kind of separate the consciousness that I was talking about and the human, we ha we have those two things. And the idea is to kind of become more one with everything, including within yourself, but also within the world. So to be able to show up as who you truly are deep down and not someone who is uh, who's at the mercy of the unregulated nervous system, a puppet that just reacts and creates unhappiness and drama and pain around them. Or, well, if that's too drastic, just not as yourself. We, we all have the ability to become who we truly deep down are. That jewel that we were born to be and who we are. But we just forgot how to be the one that we truly are. So how to go about it then? <laughs> I suppose this is my, my quest, my, my life's adventure is to figure this thing out. In my free ebook, Pleasure is your birthright, seven holistic sex tools. I share the seven holistic sex tools and, uh, and I hope you've been practicing them. And if not, or if you are hungry for more, this is quite exciting. I'm creating a pleasure quest, which will bring more concrete processes of how to apply those seven holistic sex tools in a self-care, self-love, and even self-pleasure context. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is obviously, you know, I'll be, you know, proving them to be right. You know, I'm not teaching anything that I haven't first experienced myself or, or gone through. So the pleasure quest, it's like a private podcast, if you like. We'll start after the August holidays and the waiting list is already open. So if you do want to put tantric philosophy into practice, do join me in this quest or challenge, if you like. So today I'd love to share two of uh, some of the most used by me tantric processes that are an example of application of several holistic sex tools, such as focus, presence, and even sounding and definitely energy and movement. They both are tantric practices, ancient ones. And the first one is called deep inner smile. And the other one is laughter yoga. As you may remember from the first episode, yoga and Hatha yoga, especially and Tantra have the same roots. So the philosophies are very similar. So laughter yoga is something that's, uh, that's taking the world by the storm and it's, uh, it's got lots of goodness into it, but I, I'll get back to it in more detail a bit later, how Tantra kind of approaches it, but also how I feel that it fits with the modern neuroscience. So you can do these two practices at any time of the day, but I personally love doing one or the other first thing in the morning. So this is what I do before I open my eyes in the morning. So before I'm kind of, you know, that kind of dawn stage, you know, where you, you're not quite sure whether you're awake or, or whether you're still half asleep. 
So I start stretching in all directions and I breathe slowly and deeply to get air into my lungs and every cell. You know, it's that yawning stretching that's so delicious and waking, waking up my body. So I really, really encourage you to, to be like a cat, you know, like the cat or dog, you know, when they get up from their nap, how they stretch everywhere in all directions. And then this is very important. I then feel into my body to see if I need a boost of energy or if I need more of a relaxed and calmer, perhaps happier morning. So if it's the first that I need energy, you know, it's like kind of, oh, I can't work, you know, I can't get up before, you know, half a liter of coffee. If there is a, that kind of a feeling, then forget the coffee and start laughing. And I mean it, you know, just laugh, laugh your head off, start with a fake laugh, start with, you know, just feeling stupid and awkward about it, but continue laughing at least for three minutes. It does feel <laughs> really strange to start with, but after a while it becomes natural and it actually, you know, is catchy. So if you are sleeping with anybody else, the first they think they've completely lost your mind and then they might start laughing with you. And when it becomes natural, there is that flow, there's that liberation and it kind of takes you over and you make, it makes you laugh even more, you know, really, really lovely. And according to Taoism, laughter, and this is the thing I promised to, to let you know about laughter yoga. It is a tool. It's like a process. It's, it needs to be understood as medicine because laughter brings more chi and chi is that life force energy. And if you need more energy into your body mind in the first thing in the morning, do the laughter yoga because it will really recharge your batteries. But too much laughter can cause high blood pressure. So it needs to be done as a practice at the right time when needed. So what about the other thing? If I, if I need calmness, calmness in my morning, to my morning, deep inner smile. I choose deep inner smile therapy, which means spreading a smile in my mind's eye into my whole being or somewhere where I feel discomfort or if I know that one of my organs, you know, liver or my lungs or my heart needs extra tender love and care. I smile at least for a minute to kick in those happy hormones while scanning my body for any discomfort and sending a smile into that body part, into the very organs and very cells of my body. If I feel sad, I send a smile to that part of me that feels sad. Where I feel sadness or where I feel anger or anxiety or whatever it is that I'm feeling that could do with a little bit of TLC. It could be a silly grin, you know, with your whole face, especially when I do breast massage. Oh, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's really lovely to smile to your breasts or as I teach men how to smile and connect with your testicles, both which breasts for women and testicles, the balls for men, can be quite neglected, especially when it comes to personal self-care. So that, those are really interesting practices I'd love you to learn from the 
when you come to the pleasure quest. But uh, yeah, so it could be just a silly grin, but more often it's like smiling with your inner eyes. There is a beautiful word in Finnish called ailahdus. It's like a, it's quite difficult to actually translate ailahdus. There's, there's, it's like a, like a warmth feeling in my heart when I look at, let's say, a, a newborn baby or, or, or a puppy or a kitten. You know, there is that kind of, oh, it's like your, your heart a little bit kind of whoosh. There's swoosh. Yeah. There's like a warm swoosh feeling, you know, ailahdus. Yeah. It's like a, like compassion, perhaps, or lo- kind of a love. So the same way you can, in your mind's eye, look at yourself or parts of yourself self, and smile, send that smile and tell yourself, I love you. I love you. I love you. I've got you. We're good. I see you. I hear you. All is well. Whatever affirmation that comes naturally to you, that, uh, that part of you needs to, needs to, um, hear. And send that beautiful smile that way. So these two are one way of using, or these two processes are a one way. Oh gosh, I can't speak English now. A one way. Sorry. Start again. These processes are one way you can use the holistic sex tools and particularly focus and presence. By focusing, for instance, with a smile on an organ or a body mind, mind part, you know, like the sad part that you might feel in your heart or chest area or that anxiety you can feel in your uh, solar plexus. So if you smile to your solar plexus and focus on that, you are increasing energy in there. So you're basically releasing and relaxing. You're making that part of your body, if it's your liver or your lungs or your brain that needs more energy flow into it, feeling more vibrant and healthy and more alive, but in a kind of a more balanced way than in the laughter yoga. So for instance, let's take this into into sex. If your genital area feels numb, which is quite often um, uh in women especially, you can focus on that area and send an inner smile. Just by focusing in your labia or in your vagina or G-spot, there starts, you know, you can start feeling little by little, more you persevere, you can start feeling a little bit of tingling down there. And that's the energy movement. Again, energy and movement are uh, holistic sex tools in my book. And what we'll be practicing in the pleasure quest. So these are kind of uh, meditative processes in the pleasure quest, and uh, and I will teach you how to use them in in different ways. So um, when you learn these holistic sex tools, you can start learning them first by listening to my meditations or the guided processes, but then you will make them your own. You can you can apply them to different situations. And I think that's the power of Tantra is that it becomes yours. It's that inner technology that you can really make your own. And that way you have them always with you. And uh, whether it's outside or inside bedroom, you, you don't have to um, just limit the holistic sex tools into the uh, sexual situations or self-care, but actually they have application outside, even in the boardroom, 
believe you me. So, uh, why do I, why do, why do I recommend self-care with laughter yoga and deep inner smile this much? Especially when things are not okay in your life. I don't know what's going on in your life, but we all have lots of challenges and I bet there are a few that you can think of. But this is the thing. Your brain doesn't understand time and place. Even if something isn't okay realistically in your thinking mind and your thinking mind protests that, why the hell do I need to laugh? There's nothing to laugh about. Giving yourself time to really either laugh or send in that deep inner smile with kind affirmations such as, I love you, I've got you all is well, especially if you say them out loud, will connect different parts of your brain and your nervous system together. The ancient emotional and more primitive parts than your thinking mind, which is the most modern part of your brain, and even the neglected and shadow parts of yourself will hear you. The part that needs to hear you say those words will receive it. Regardless what your thinking monkey mind says. <laughs> Mine is a monkey mind for sure. You are giving yourself hope. You're giving resilience and compassion. You, you know, in a way, you can also be reparenting yourself without going into therapy and just doing these mindful practices of sending laughter or, or um, smile into your different parts. And you are bringing back some of those lost parts of yourself into the warmth of your heart. The psychological effect on its own of these practices is so extremely valuable. The other thing is that the brain doesn't really differentiate if there is a real cause for your smile or a laughter. It doesn't care. The nervous system will kick in and whether, you know, it's based on sympathetic, more action-oriented hormones after the laughter, such as adrenaline and cortisol, or parasympathetic, more calming, happy hormones, such as oxytocin and dopamine, they will be released. And that's the cool thing. Do you remember in the beginning I said that change is the only constant, apart from death, but let's not go there. So with smile and with laughter, you can really kick in your uh, sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system. So why wait until they kick in because of some external happening? <laughs> why not start laughing or smiling? And the effect will be there physically. Take control of your feelings and your body's response and health, because this is a healthy practice. And be in charge of your own nervous system, not that puppet, that drama, that being reactionary in your fight flight uh, uh, response. It's it's not it's not help helpful if you know what you do. And this is not a criticism. This is just me trying to help you the way I've helped myself and and have experienced the benefits of it. The change always starts from within and spreads from there to the near and dear ones and to the wider world. I, I strongly believe that. I know it sounds a bit Pollyannaish, you know, and the game her optimistic dad and she played. I know. I mean if you don't know, Pollyanna is that fictional little girl from the early nineteenth century book, fictional book, 
who believe that it's good to pass to pass the good. You know, starting with a smile and, and a good deed, and and then the other people will it will it will catch on, and it does. And also seeing something to be glad about in every single situation, even when she couldn't walk. So in a way, this is about Pollyannaism. It's your choice, and it's also based on hard neuroscience. It does work. However, what I'm talking about is not purely based on believing all is well and closing your eyes on the on the from the bad things in 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 your life in the world and within you. I mean, no, that's that's just spiritual bypassing, emotional bypassing, and suppression. No, I'm not saying that at all. Um. And I don't think Pollyanna was was uh, bypassing either. I haven't really done that, that kind of uh, research and, and and analysis. But what I really would like to validate here is the power of negative thinking. Yes, you heard right. There is so much power in negative thinking. And what I mean by this um is that when you when you uh, become aware of what is not right, what doesn't feel right, and what is not okay in your past or in your life right now? Maybe it's a sex life, it's not enough or not good enough or it's too painful or it's, you know, boring kind of sex or your relationship. It, it's not what it was. The relationship has lost its spark or you've grown apart from each other, or there is no time for you to anymore because of the family, or the relationship is even dangerous, but you don't know how to how to get out of it. Or, you know, it could be your work-life balance. You're working too much. You don't have time to self-care, or you have money troubles, whatever it is. So I'm not saying become uh just positive about all that. You know, that's BS. You need to really um, use these things in a, with awareness and consciousness. So for instance, so-called positive thinking and being overly optimistic about everything can be extremely, extremely dangerous and harmful, even poisonous to you and, and people around you. They have a tendency to suppress something that begs to be seen and acted upon. The other week I heard actually quite quite a disturbing interview where somebody was asked um who who was you know the holocaust uh, survivor was asked if 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 it were the optimists or the pessimists who came alive from a nazi concentration camp and the answer really surprised me it was the pessimists and the reason was because the the optimists kept saying, oh, we'll be rescued by Christmas. You know, let's just look forward to Christmas. Uh, we'll be free by Christmas. But then Christmas went and they weren't liberated. Then they said, oh, Easter, you know, we will be rescued by Easter. Let's just look forward to Easter and Easter is the milestone. But Easter came and went and nobody rescued them. And so it went on and on year after year. And eventually their hope was crushed and so were they. They gave up on life. The pessimist, on the other hand, took day by day and every day being alive was a miracle. So this is a, this is a complex, uh, complex stuff. Where do you use optimism and positive psychology 
for your advantage and when you really understand the power of negative thinking. I mean, in some cases like this, it's normal reaction of your defense system trying to keep you safe when fight, flight and freeze don't work or didn't work out and your system tries to to please and be cheerful and optimist and 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 not to think about the bad things and kind of gives these milestones of oh if I can just you know last till Christmas or Easter or you know Saturday soon I can just relax then or the vacation is is in August and I I need to just you know go on until then and then everything will be good or once the children have grown up everything will be good and will be close together again and we can do what we like as a couple. No. Now that kind of positive thinking can be really dangerous to you and and you can burn yourself out and, and there's all sorts of other implications. But what I would say, if you are in that kind of situation, if that rings a bell, when you have that kind of feeling, just reach out to somebody and I'm always happy to help, you know that. Um, and once you have more energy and courage, I'd really invite to start saying no and embracing the negative thinking. You might need somebody to walk with you and help you to to have your grounding for saying no. But for instance, no, it was not my fault that I was sexually abused as a child. No, it was not okay that I was criticized for ejaculating too soon or not having a full hard-on. No, it's not okay not to have an amazing sex life. No, it's not okay to be falling in love with the same kind of people who are not good to me. No, it's not okay that we argue all the time. This kind of negative thinking has power in it. Can you feel that power? If you really, really say that from the from the monascourt, what's monascourt in, uh, in English? Well, you know, like in your lower belly, you know, where your, where your genitalia is. If you can really have that groundedness in your lower tantien and to say, no, enough. Enough is enough. When you say those words, even if you say to the mirror out loud and not to somebody, you know, you will feel the power of it and you will act on it because you have engaged your whole being with that. And once you've embraced what's not okay, you've become aware of it. There's no going back. You know that it's only about the time when things will change. It's the first step in selfishly happy revolution, self-awareness. What are your needs and desires? What are your fears and anxieties? To be brave, to look all that in the eye, become conscious about it, and then figure out what would feel good? Often it's the opposite. If you know what you don't want, it's the opposite. And you know then what you do want. I want a relationship that communicates consciously to each other. I want a relationship with amazing, amazing sex, sacred sex. I don't want to be, if you, you know, if you say that, um, if you have the fear of uh, ejaculating too soon, I want to last longer. I want to become a multi-orgasmic man. There's so many things you can start saying. What would feel good to you? 
what would feel most loving and kind right now and what do you need in the longer term and how are you going to get it? I think that is really important and you're getting into the tools and processes that will help you on that journey. And laughter yoga and deep inner smile therapy are excellent tools in your happiness toolkit and and they're very tantric too. They help to increase or balance chi, the life force energy within you. Laughter increases chi and inner smile balances the flow of chi. I'd encourage you to learn what restores your body mind to balance, increases your energy and joy in life, and inspires you to have more pleasure, happiness and peace. I call this phase after the the initial self-awareness phase, self-mastery. Self-mastery of tools and processes that help you to become who you truly are. More of you, not less of you, or like somebody else, you know, that you think is cool and you like to be like them. No, but more, more of you and live a life you deeply want. And if you are interested in learning more practices and processes where you can develop your own self-mastery of the holistic tantric sex tools that I wrote in my pleasure book, you can join the pleasure quest and receive daily guided meditations and embodiment practices, including some deliciously juicy self-pleasure ones. And yeah, I mean, it's, it is something that will be, I would say, this self-mastery part, a longer process, but it's a happy one. It's a juicy one. It's a delicious one. It's, it's kind of, oh, what can I learn next? You know, what can I try? It's like an adventure. And, uh, and do remember that in Tantra, things can happen quite quickly. Once you get something, you got that. It's the consciousness that shifts the energy that has the ability to change things and renew things. And there is no going back. There is no going back. So yeah. Just to mention the uh, the third stage of the selfishly happy revolution after self-awareness and self-mastery. And that is all about self-expression. Because in the beginning, I said, you know, I'm not really into this hedonistic, narcissistic way of navel-gazing. It's also about how you're going to take your voice, your gifts and your service, if you like, to the wider world to make a bigger impact. How is the world going to benefit from you being here? <laughs> but that's another other episode. I won't go into that. So welcome to join me on the pleasure quest and to take responsibility for your own pleasure, happiness and peace. See you on the path to pleasure. My name is Anne Bland, your holistic tantric sex and relationship coach and Elisette Goddess. Blimey and the host <laughs> host of this uh, explicit podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Bye now.